more time. Praise the Lord. So we're going through Romans 5. And we today we we we're gonna go through Romans 5, 1 to 5, New King James. And I read, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, not only that we, we also, not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing the tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You know, you look at this thing, I want us to just really pay attention to this, this verse 1. Verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom? Through whom? We also have access by faith into the into his into this grace in which we stand that that verse 1 says i read it again therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god what's this peace with god it means that we the peace god is not angry with you anymore you know most people think god is angry with you he's not angry with you we have peace with god through christ Praise the Lord. Through Christ, that's why we have, we have peace. Jesus died for our sins. So we have peace. So the, 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 what kind of... And I, I look at that as grace. And so much grace that God is giving, giving to us. You know, we did not deserve it. We never deserved anything. But did what? But God did what? He says, I'm giving you grace. You don't deserve it, but I will still bless you. I will still touch you. I will still do what? I will still have favor for you, on you, through you. And you know, I, I think about I think about this, this story and I kind of equate it to, to um, uh, King David. King David and when 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 uh, David wasn't he wasn't king, he wasn't king then, but was King Saul, Jonathan, and David. You know, King Saul had a son called Jonathan. And Jonathan was a friend of David in spite of the fact that his father, Jonathan's father, King Saul, hated him. Hated David. For me, I, 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 the dynamics for me is, is kind of, I, I kind of think about it like, that's amazing because, I'm, you know, you, you see the children always mimic what the father does if the father doesn't like somebody automatically the children do not like the person but this in this case was unique was a unique it was a unique circumstance and david appreciated that unique circumstance and how did he appreciate it you see that if you fast forward if you go if you go ahead of time when he became king, he went and he told his, his staff and says, anybody that, does anybody know 
a hair of Jonathan or a hair of Saul. And they looked and looked and he said, well, I, I know somebody. He's, he lives somewhere far away, but you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's, 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 he's his son. He's Jonathan's son and he's crippled. And what did, what did, what did David do? David says, bring him over here. Go and get him. And when they got him, what happened? David made, gave a command and said, anything that belongs to Jonathan and what? And King Saul, give it to who? To that Jonathan's son. Give it to him. Anything. And now he didn't, he didn't say something that for me was baffling. And when I say baffling, it, it, it goes to show you the kind of love that King David had. He says, this man would come, this Jonathan's son, would come and do what? Sit on the table with me and eat lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Do you know how, um, for me, the grace that's, 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 that's what, for me, is unthinkable grace. You know what the Bible says? It says, I've, I've prepared a table, what, before you, in the presence of what? Your enemies. God says, I've, I've brought you into the what? The banqueting hall. To do what? To eat anything you want. And you know, I think, I also think about it again. I, I, let's, let's fast forward a, a, a little bit. You, you, I think about it again. I say, how would, how would uh, uh, Jonathan's son, how would he feel? How would he feel that, man, this man that took my father's throne, would he, would he, would he, would he prosecute me? But you see, the thing about it is, Jonathan's son was blessed. You know why he was blessed? You see, he was blessed because of Jonathan's love for who? For David. We are blessed because of the love God has for us through who? Jesus. It's because Jesus, he went to the, he went to the cross for us. So because of that, God says, I have what? I have pardoned you. I'm pleased with you. I have peace. We are blessed by faith because we are, we can't physically see it. However, we see it through the eyes of who? Of faith. We need to know that faith is a spiritual force. We, we have faith in who? God because of who? Jesus. Like I said, I'll go back to this thing, thing, thing again. For me, we need to. I need to. I need to. I need to sink in a little bit. I know it's it's sunken, but I want you to look at it again. King David gave. I, for me, when I when I when I saw this, I was like, wow. He gave him. He gave Jonathan's son the ability to eat and dine with him. Mm. And do you know that? We have access to the throne of, of the throne room of God, where we too we dine with Him. We dine with God. 
He says, because of Jesus and his love for us, we are seated in where? In the place of honor by God the Father. Ephesians 2.6 Ephesians 2.6 He says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm because we are united with Christ Jesus. So where are we? Where are we? We are seated in where? In the heavenly places. So where's Jonathan? Jonathan is sitting in the same place. He's sitting, where was Jonathan's son? He was sitting in where? In the same place where who? King David was. He had privilege. He was blessed. We too have privilege. We too are privileged because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We need to understand that this this man, this Jonathan son, he, he didn't he, 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 he didn't deserve it. In his mind, I'm crippled. Who wants a crippled man? Who wants somebody is 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 deformed? But you know what? It's the same way. We have problems. We have issues. We have our own deformity. We may not be physically physically crippled, but we are not perfect. We did not we did nothing to deserve the love of God. All we all we need to do is to what? To embrace it and don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. We need to know, like I said, it's diff- it might be difficult to understand or absorb this information that we are seated in the place of honor at the right hand of, of God. Because you say to yourself, I'm seated in on this chair in New Jersey. What do you mean I'm seated? God sees you seated right, his, your spirit is seated right there with him. We're sitting in the place where the enemy cannot touch you. I say it again. We're seated in the place where the enemy cannot reach out to you to touch you. It might be it might be difficult to comprehend, but we need to be able to comprehend it by faith. We need to say yes, this is this is correct by faith. If we if we find it difficult to understand that we are in we're seated in the presence of God and Jesus, then we won't be able to we won't be we won't be free to ask God anything. It should bring you you great joy that you're in the presence of God. We can ask Him anything. We can go for him, go to go and ask him anything about us for us. We can we can ask something about him. We can we can talk to, we can have a conversation with him. And that's the key. I remember when we when we talked about when, when the Holy Spirit talked about prayer, 
you know, we can have a, a good conversation with him. And you know, one thing the Lord was saying to was saying to me is that, you know, most of the time, what happens? We we don't. We always go and ask God. We always plead, or not plead, but maybe plead is not a good word. But we always asking for our needs, our wants. But God, have we ever, have we ever tried to ask God, what do you really want? What do you really want? What is what is your objective? What is what is what is your plan for this year? How what's the plan? How, how do I fit in to that plan for this year? It's just a, just more of a side note. I believe that it is it is an amazing thing that we have access to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We have access to the creator of, of the universe. This should bring you excitement into your heart. It should bring some form of excitement into your heart. We should know that, know that God is not angry with you. He wants the best for you and I. I really want to take you, take us, I want you, I want you, I want to go back to the aspect of going to God when 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 we need help or or you know when we when we need help you know sometimes we we go we all go through trials and tribulation we all go through one one issue or the other we always go through one thing you know we we're always asking god we're always asking god for to help us trials come but you see look at what isaiah 43 says please look at isaiah 43 because I want us to see, go back there because it's something that I believe the Lord wants us to understand. Isaiah 43, verse 2. I'm going to read verse 2 down. It says, But but now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by, by your name. You are mine. So God is saying, you are mine. I bought you by a with a special price, the blood of Jesus. You are mine. Look at what he then says. When you pass through waters, I'll be with you. When you when when you pass through waters, I'll be with you. He says, <clears throat> and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were, since, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored. See, this, that, that same grace. And I have, I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. So the Lord is saying, this is, where, this is my focus. The Lord is saying, in that verse 2, he says, When you pass through waters, I'm there with you. Through rivers, you're not going to be overflowed. Through fire, I'm still going to be there with you. You're not going to get burnt. 
it's something that needs to sink in because unfortunately, it's unfortunate that sometimes people think God doesn't have the best intention for you. It's something that we need to always know that he has, he wants the best for you. I says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's always there for us. He says, he will not let anything happen to you. Because you think about, you think about that same verse, that verse, verse 2. He says, when you go through the fire, you will not be burnt. You remember the three Hebrew boys? And what did the Bible say? He says, they said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worship your, your idol. You can throw me in. They threw them in. And what happened? Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, I see the fourth person. He looks like the son of who? Of God. And the Bible says, when they came out, what happened? He said, they were not what? Scorched. They were not smelling of fire. And it, it's basically, it played out there. It played out there. And you see, the reason why I'm, why I'm saying this is that why this statement is important is that Sometimes we have this aspect. We believe strongly that you know that God brings trials. We believe that you know these trials are there to cause us harm. You know, sometimes we believe, like you know, I've heard people say this. Uh, Coronavirus is God. God allowed it, or God brought it, so that He can He can humble all of us and say, "Wow, that God is a wicked God." So He can kill a hundred and something thousand people. That's a wicked God. You see, the the the, the thing about it is, God wants the best for us, for each and every one of us. He loves us with an everlasting love. Now, the question now would be is. You know, I've heard people say this. Some people ask this question. Why do we even go through trials and tribulations? Some people ask that question. Some people also ask the question. Why does God not rescue us on time? Or why doesn't he just rescue us, period? Why doesn't he just block it uh, from happening? You know, but to answer that kind of question, we need to go back to creation. You know, Adam and Adam had a a, a relationship with a partnership with God. I call it relationship partnership with God. You know, God did everything for Adam. Adam did not lack. Before Adam asked for it, God did what? God took care of it. You know, uh, Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three says. The Lord directs the Psalm 37.23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of our lives. Do you know that there are sometimes that we pray? Not sometimes. Have you noticed that? Do we always, let, let me ask you a question. Do we, you jump in the car and drive? Do you ever pray as soon as you jump in the car and drive? Say, God, protect me as I go. Most people don't do it. But God does what? 
He does it for you. So what I'm trying to say is that the ones that you pray about, God takes care of it. The ones that you don't even remember to pray about, God even takes care of it. <coughs> Excuse me. So there are some things that we've asked and God takes care of it beforehand. He's such a loving father. <coughs> Excuse me. So after the fall of Adam, the Bible says, sin came into the world. Sin just came into the world. Then, then what happened was, God was not able to do what? To take care of the troubles that we go through. We were the ones that were trying to take care of it for ourselves. So basically what I'm saying is, we live in a, in a fallen world where these things come in. For me, for you to understand this, this is what the Lord was explaining to me. Think about it like you're in a plane. You're going to Texas. Or you're going to California. It's a four-hour ride to California. You're in a United plane to California. And somebody decides to open the, the, the doors of the plane. What happens when you open the doors of the plane? Trouble... Any kind of trouble will happen. You know, if you don't close that door very quickly, you'll see a lot of people who, what, who most likely die, be sucked out of the plane. You know, Adam opened, sin opened the door. Opened the door for what? Trouble to come in. And that door has been opened since. It's like the plane has been opened since. The, the door of the plane has been opened since. So trials and tribulation do what? Flow in. So it's, it's somewhat impossible for, for, you know, for, for us not to go through situations. Situations do happen. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord delivers him out of them all. So afflictions will always come. But the Bible says, it is him that does what? He provides a way of what? Escape. And that's the key. Look at what First uh, Corinthians 10.13 says. First Corinthians 10.13. He says, The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, First Corinthians 10, 13. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. See, the, the difference the difference between a believer and an unbeliever is when temptation comes, when trouble comes, when he says temptation, we're talking about trouble. When trouble comes, when trouble comes, what then happens is that when we are unbelievers, all of us were one day, some someday unbelievers. We couldn't go to God. We tried to solve it ourselves. So we had plan A, plan B, if it didn't work, all the way to plan Z. And if plan Z didn't work, we, we recycled it back to plan A. Or we go to Z1, Z2, Z3. But when we are, we know Christ, what happens? God says, 
I would handle those problems for you. The problem is that what happens is that because we are unbelievers before, we didn't know Christ, you find it difficult to trust our problems with God. And that's why what happens is that that's why people worry. That's why people are always worried. They're worried about their children. They're worried about... Because God says, give me your problem. Give it to me. Give me your problem. Give me that. Give me. Give. Give me. Let me give you. Let me give you what. Let me give you peace. The peace we're talking about. Let me. Let me. Let your mind be at rest. But you know what happened? You know what happens to us is that we want to carry that problem. We really want to carry it. We want to carry. We want. Want to be able to carry the uh, all the problem on our head. And the funny thing is that if we don't carry it on our head, people will tell us, "Really, you're not worried." You're not a human being, no. It's only human beings that to do what? Worry. And people, you know, sometimes I've seen people justify it too. I've seen people justify that, oh, you have to worry. Human beings worry. Human beings are always anxious. Well, human beings that are anxious, they die quickly. They don't live to their full potential. And that's that's the, 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 the real deal right here. The real thing is that God wants us to live to our full potential. <coughs> God doesn't want us to start to worry about all these things. God wants us to just <clears throat> put it in his hand and leave it alone. Bank it right there. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I have you in the palm of my hands. Think, think about it. He says, I have you in the palm of my hands. No one can pluck you out of my what? My hands. So the enemy might try. The enemy might try as best as they can. But God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So the question now will be, you know, it will be that somebody, will, like I said, somebody will ask, so but why doesn't God rescue us from these trials? Like I said. But to answer that question, Romans this Romans 5 that we just read answer the question correctly. Let's look at it in two different translations. Romans 5, 3 to 5. Look at it in two different translations. You see that it, it, it answered it answered the question very well. Romans 5, 3 to 5 new, new life version I'll look at it from New Living. And new, new uh, living Bible. <clears throat> he says, We are glad for our troubles also. We know that troubles help us learn not to give up. Romans 3, 3 to 5. 
When we have learned not to give up, it shows that we have stood the test. When we have stood the test, it gives us hope. Hope never makes us ashamed because the love of God has come into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. Let's look at that same same in living same scripture in Living Bible. It says, "And patience develops strength of character in us and helps us to trust God more. Each time we use it, until it says, each time we use it, until finally our hope and our faith are strong and steady." Then when, the, then when that happens, we're able to hold our heads high, no matter what happens, and know that all is well. For we know how dearly God loves us, and we feel their, this love, this warm love everywhere within us, because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So, the thing about it is this. The Lord, the Lord is saying, these trials and tribulation does what? It, it, it works out what? Patience. Endurance. You know, it, 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 this thing really, this thing really, I, I'll, I'll give you this example. It will bring out what I'm saying. <coughs> you look at a marathon. You, you do a marathon, you run a marathon. Or you, you, we, my wife and I, we did a 5K walk, walk and run. We did that one time. A 5K walk and run, I don't know how many miles, it's like three point something miles. But what happened was, when we did the run, you know, when we did the run, what happened was, there were few lessons that, that I absorbed. I learned from that, that, I learned from that walk and run. The first one was it built endurance. That was the first thing I did. There was patience. I had to patience was my middle name. Because what I mean by endurance, also stamina. I was also patient because I needed to go around the around the course. Two, I could not give up. <laughs> because you know why I couldn't give up? We paid money and the place is far. So I couldn't give up. I had to stay the course. The third thing was I had to finish the race. I made sure that I finished the race. The fourth is which is the most important is that I, I, I want, before I even say that think about this finishing the race. I want us to think about this finishing race. And the reason why I say think about this finishing race is this. Do you know that there are some people think about this? I want this is what the Lord kind of explained to me. You know, in, we start running, okay? Everybody, we run. The, the people start running first. There are people that run with you. There are people that will run with you. Happen, happen. They start the running first, all right? And what then happens is that there are people that will run, 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 run. I will come. You started with them. And we finish before you. Some people might give up along the road. Some people might 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 not even finish. But God is saying that the, the key, the essential point 
is that you finish the race. You know, trials help us to know who God is. Trials help us to trust God. Trials build our character. It teaches us patience. It teaches us what it means to be patient. Trials gives us understanding that God loves us no matter our circumstance. This is this is key. This is key to success. This is key to success with trials. Key to success. Let me tell you why I say that. Think about this for a minute. You know, remember, I'll read this Exodus 3, 7. 6 to 7. Exodus 3 to 6 to 7. He says, Then he said, And the Lord your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the what? The afflictions of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out. This is because of their oppressors, and I am aware of their suffering. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. You see, you see, <clears throat> the Israelites, they were being oppressed. And what? And God did what? God says, I've heard their cries. And I do what? I'm going to send Moses. Can you imagine? God had a process in mind. In our mindset, we'll be thinking, God, I've been praying. Why aren't you answering my prayer? But we forget that God, Jesus says, my father even walked in now. God has a process. He's working, he's working something out. Do you know that the Israelites did not know that before that Moses was the uh, person, the person that's going to let them, that's going to lead them out of uh, Egypt. They had no clue. But God did what? God brought who? Moses to do what? To lead them out of Egypt. Because why? He, they heard the cries. He, God heard the cries and he brought a solution. But supposing they were impatient to wait for the solution. Supposing they were impatient and also look at that patience. Patience also looks, is the patience is in twofold. Patience is, I'm waiting for God to do something. The other patience is, no matter what, I'm not moving. I'm staying right there. I'm staying in the same equilibrium. That's what happened to those three boys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stayed in there. They stayed on the same platform. It says, I'm not going anywhere. Even if God doesn't come, it's okay, I'm not going anywhere. They were at peace. People need to learn what it means to be patient. It needs to build character. We need to have confidence. But you know, 
I want to say this. The, the journey of the Israelites through the wilderness, God was teaching them lessons. When they needed food, God brought what? Manna from was teaching them building what? Patience and what? Character. God needs to build character in you so that you, without a shadow of doubt, you know that God is going to be is able to do it. Let me tell you something. God built character in who? Joshua and Caleb. He built, he built character in them. They saw, they saw God act. So he built character in them. Look at Numbers 13.30. Numbers 13.30. He says, Numbers 13.30, he says, But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We, are, we can certainly conquer it. How could they say that? Because they've seen the character of God. They've, they've gone through tribulations. They can trust this God. They, they have confidence. Their character is molded. The last thing I, I want to talk about is trials grow our faith and trust and for us to trust God. It grows our faith for us to really, really trust God. Think about David. David, when he was a shepherd, he says he went through trials. And the trials was he had to fight away a lion and a bear. They came to attack the sheep. And, and you know what happened? God helped him conquer the lion and the bear. That's a character that you can remember what God did for you. Then the trials of the past helped him to conquer the trials of the future. That it built character. I'll say this: the trials of the past helped him to to conquer the trials of the future. We need to always remember what God did for us before. Because when you remember what God did for you before, you can be able to look at what it is today and you know you can conquer today and tomorrow. Look at what I'm saying. Look at what I'm saying. In 1 Samuel 17 to 36. 1 Samuel 17 to 36 says, Huh? First Samuel. Oh, sorry. First Samuel, first Samuel 17 and verse 36. Sorry. First Samuel 17, verse 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And look at what he then says. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. <clears throat> Can you imagine what he says? He says, this lion and the bear. This lion and the bear will be one of, will join the Philistines, this uh, Goliath. Goliath will join the 
the, the, you, you join lion and bear. I'm going to, God is going to help me to do what? Conquer those ones. All three of them. He had what? He was able to boast in the Lord. And how could he boast in the Lord? He boasted in the Lord because God helped him in the past. You know what our problem is? Sometimes, is that we don't remember what God helped us in the past. We are so involved in the thing that is happening to us now. And we say, God, why? We don't look at... You know, there was one time, I'm going to just... This thing just came to my heart. There was one time that I went to men's, men's retreat and my roommate, he says, you know, we need to always remember some of the things, just little, little things. We don't have to remember a lot of things. Just waking us up this morning, you need to always thank God it is not your, it was not your power. Yes, maybe alarm woke you up, but for you to wake up is not your power. For you to even go and eat, some people, they have to put a tube for them to even take liquid. But you, you can lift up your hand and eat the food. There are some people that can't, sorry to be gross, but there are some people that can't go to the bathroom. They need, cat, uh, what do you call it, cap, capital or catheter. Cat, cat, they need that. But, you see, the small things, think about the small things. Those small things should bring you great joy. That's what the Bible says in that. That look at what it then says. I'm going to just close with this. I'm going to read that first Romans Romans five. Romans five. So I'm going to go up there. Look at what it says. It says, it says through. It says rejoice in hope of the glory of God, and not only that, but we also glory in what in tempt in trial and tribulations. Why do we glory in tribulation? Because we have a God. We have a Father that is going to take care of us. Look, I'm talking to myself too. Because sometimes I forget. I have to look at this. I have to look at the small things. I have to think about the small things of life. For God to even wake me up. For God to even, you know, give me a job. When people are losing their job. Isn't it a blessing of God? For God to even have my my you know you you see you see okay yes my my, my I have I have my parent okay God I praise the Lord there are some people that I know I have any some people are orphans you know there's a, there's a, there's there's one thing that somebody said one time you know it, it, this is true I watched it on a, some guy had a had a food for thought he says. Somebody is driving. I say, man, I wish I had I had a, a Mercedes Benz. <coughs> so he stops by at the traffic light. He sees somebody walking. The man says, man. No, somebody not walking, riding a bicycle. The person says, man, I wish I had a cow. Huh. Hey. Then I don't like this bicycle. Then there's another person at the, at the bus stop. He says, man, I wish I had a bicycle to go to work. As he was, as he was going on the on the bus, into the bus, what happened? There was a 
there was a crippled man at the bus stop. Hey, the man says, man, I wish I had legs to walk. <laughs> Can you imagine? The thing about it is, the point is of this of the matter is that God has given you the ability to do this, to eat, to drink, to to <clears throat> to go to work, to do all those things. It's a matter of do what to praise Him, to say thank you. Don't wait until Thanksgiving Day. Don't wait until November twenty seventh to thank God. God, start thanking Him now. Because his mercy endures forever. He, you are in his presence. You can go to him at any time. He loves you with an everlasting love. He cares for you. And let me just say this. Which the Lord just dropped in my heart. Don't think your case is like somebody else's case. Sometimes people say. You know but that person when he went through trouble. He was still he was born. Who said your own case should be like that? Everybody has, God has a different prescription process for the one, for each and every one of us. For each and every one of us, God had a, has a plan for each and every one of us. But you cannot fit, I cannot fit my plan, God's plan for me in my life with, because oh, the way my wife did, the way she did it, Oh, you were very successful. So it means I have to do the same way. I will fail. Yeah, you're preaching. Correct. Correct, so, sir. So, the, the, key, the key is that we need to have this understanding. And I pray that God will open our eyes for it. Praise the Lord. I want to... I want to I want to invite people that anybody that doesn't know who Jesus is that they come to know who Christ is. And if you don't know Jesus, I want you to say after me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I come to you today. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. But you died for me. Well, you died for me. Jesus Christ. Jesus Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life. From this day forward. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. The Bible says you are born again. You've come into the kingdom. The host of heaven is clapping rejoicing with you. I, I pray that you go and look for a good church that will teach you the word and you'll be tuned in and you can grow and you can have a knowledge of Christ and when you go through trials and tribulations, he will, he will show you a way of escape. He will build a character in you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.